Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 27th SWW show. It's me, AJ. I've got Mike. We are recording this way too early in the morning. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, hey, I have been awake for a solid hour. Thank you very much. Uh, so have I. But, um, yeah, it's way too early, but we need to get this done so we can get this out before the holidays. Well, well not out for We need it before you leave for the holidays. Get the term right. <laughs> well, no, it's going out. Well, I guess it's going out the holiday weekend, but I need to get it recorded before the holidays. Um, yeah, there's not a lot of news to talk about because I guess elephant in the room, nobody's been able to get a console. So I hey, it's been in my cart a couple times. So I've hit checkout, but then it just breaks. I don't even try. Uh, if I'm around and I see it pops up, I'll try because why not? But I have a hunch I'm not getting it to after Christmas. Just a hunch. I mean, like at this point, probably the only one I'll get is a PS5, and there's nothing. Yeah, you know, there's nothing that's like, hey, you need to get this because, I mean, I have a fairly decent computer. I can still run stuff at 1080 for. 100 frames a second on high or ultra. Hmm? And if I was going to upgrade anything, my first priority would be to get a 3080. And those come back in stock. Those are just as hard to find, I thought. Those are harder to find. Which is impressive to be harder to find. Well, they're harder to find because all of the initial stock went to these YouTubers that are putting like 15 of them in a case. <laughs> Are you implying that's not... Hey, that's a really cool look. So I doubt they function, but... I mean, it's it's a weird... like Tech YouTubers are a weird flex. Like... <laughs> like, yes. hey, I make half a million dollars from each video that I post because I get 15 million views on it or whatever. So I can pay $1,000 a card and just basically outspend everyone. Tech YouTube's also a wild bunch because like I'm gonna say this is the problem a lot of times when you see I think I think the YouTube crowd reviews tend to have the problem more than other sites is uh they tend to hype everything up independent of it being good. Yeah, I mean like uh who's MKBHD, Marquis Brownlee, he actually does a pretty good job. Because he kind of tells it like it is. Like he's always he's advertised got... in every podcast I listen to. I feel like yeah. He uh, well, I mean, I would say he's probably the best tech YouTuber out there. If you're looking for reviews, mm-hmm. because he's not really like he's not beholden to one platform, right? He's not an mm-hmm. iPhone guy. He's not an Android guy. He has one of each. Um, you know, in terms of computer stuff, he's not beholden. So, and, you know, it's not like he's in the pocket of Apple, like an iJustine, or in the pocket of Google. Um, so he can tell it like it is. And So, you know, though, I still, so 
there's a there's a spot for the people who have a tighter relationships. I think for those platforms, where you, I think you have to just always understand they have that tighter relationship. Also, yeah, but at that point, like, don't be a reviewer. Um, or be a reviewer that's very clear. I mean, I just like, I don't know, like you can't be because of the way a lot of these payments and things work for the deals. I guess, yeah. You I can't guess, be a reviewer to... and be clear because they're like, hey, if you say something bad about our product, you're just not getting the next one. And then your channel's just going to flounder. Which is curious, interesting because games, I feel, based on my understanding of relationships and relationships we've seen, that in it's games you could be negative and still keep those relationships, I feel like, a lot easier. Yeah, because... There are exceptions, obviously, but I think broadly yeah. speaking. Well, and if you think about it, right, like, it may be, let's take uh, EA, for example, right? Mm-hmm. You might be bashing an EA game, but EA doesn't necessarily care because it could be, um, you know, it could be massive, or it could be... That or you're bashing, either that or maybe they understand that like you might not like this game but if we put your eyes in front of this game oh yeah like Like they always they always have a different a different thing to offer whereas like apple doesn't really have anything different to offer or an indie developer you just want eyeballs half the time so you're like hey even if a thousand people give me horrible views but now i have 10 million views on this yeah so yeah uh in terms of things we've played you and i streamed about a little over two hours of mm-hmm. due process. A game that Asterix, uh We both got that game for free. We have to say that. I just... Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah we had, we what we haven't gotten around to the interview. They've just been busy. No. Yeah, I need to follow up with them. Um, they were definitely. It was one of those that like, I think we talked to them like as the game blew up again. So <laughs> they're like, yeah, we need to reach back out. Yeah. So. That game is for a very specific person. Right, so how I I think the way we talk about it was, and I think this is very accurate, it's like Counter-Strike with a little more strategy in the front end, if I like to think about it. It's Counter-Strike and Siege. Okay. Because, I mean, like, it has that, that um, give and take and destructibility of Siege. And it's also kind of the exact same gameplay as Counter-Strike. Yes, I think that destruct- so destructibility is, I think it's one of the things that game might be lacking. Well, I mean, in terms of, it's not like Siege where you can blow open any door, but mm-hmm. you can shoot through wood doors. Or you can, I, I think, based on the way I was getting shot, if you have a high enough power rifle, you can shoot through some of the walls. So, like, that, I think that's what's cool. I wish it was telegraphed better, but I think that also goes to the line of, technically, the game has a little more things to work on, which I think we talked about was a lot of art clipping is happening. I think it's, yeah. there is some vagueness in even the menu system. One of the things, actually, I want to compliment the menus on, which I thought was interesting that I don't see a lot, and I think it's just because they don't have the player base, is you stay with the party unless someone actively leaves in between rounds. Well, and... I think the more impressive part is that 
you stay with the party no matter what. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not just, oh, because you and I were in a squad together. It's not like, oh, right. you, know, you guys are breaking up after each round. Like, you know, 99% of the games out there today, if you're teamed up, the teamed up people will stick together. But this was like pulling, you know, everybody from the team back in the in the queue, which was pretty cool. So, yeah, um, I don't know if I saw settings. So it's by default, it's set for push to talk. Was that a setting buried in the menu so I didn't see? Or is that like a, the only option to talk in that game? No, it's an option. Okay. Because I just found that a bit frustrating, especially when we were trying to do stuff and I just had to remember to hit it. Which again, could be a more me thing, but I get to see other people might forget it too. Well, and I think realistically, push to talk is probably the best option out there. At least as a default. Because, you know, there's a lot of people that don't play with headphones on. Or they don't play, um, you know, they, they would have interference through their mic. So if you just had an open mic, you would just have, you know, that one guy on the team that doesn't wear headphones. And it's constantly, you know, the noise of the game, which would throw you off a fair critique there it, it was again i'm not saying that's like on my list of big things not there um it's just definitely the thing that i think i kept forgetting when we were doing stuff that i'm like oh i had to push talk it's just not it's not ingrained into me and it didn't help that you and i were on a discord call together so we could even notice yeah yeah we could freely talk to each other and then it's like oh shit i said that to you but not the rest of the group what's impressive about that was is um, and I think it's because they actually use pretty good voice servers, is there was no lag between that. So it was, it was exactly the same, too. So uh, that's why there was an echo on my end. I, I noticed the echo because I was hearing audio twice, but it was exact. It was basically synced up. Yeah. That was what I, that's the reason I noticed when you wouldn't do it also is because the echo. But that, again, was a, we have two audio sources hitting us. And it's a millisecond off, but it's enough where, like, I thought it was pretty impressive how lined up it was. Because you have two things like that, it's like half a second off versus what it was. Yeah. So going into it then, I think we talk. I think we're going to play more due process kind of in the upcoming weeks, probably one past the holidays. What? So I know we discussed that four Counter Strike players. Is there any other players that you think that like this game would really stand out for? Is it very much like you have to like that specific style? I think you have to like that 5v5. I mean, Siege players would like it too, but. Um, you definitely have to like that 5v5 super tactical, um, super unforgiving style of shooter. Because it's not like a Call of Duty where you can just go around the corner and heal up. Like, whatever damage you take is, you know, the damage that you take. And then if you die during the round, you don't keep your gear. So that's very much the Counter-Strike side of it. I think that wasn't telegraphed well to me was uh, the, the keeping the gun part. Um, well, maybe it was, like, I should have just known that, but it definitely was not telegraphed. Like, the tutorial for as kind of useful as it is to introduce you to the controls and some of the new stuff that they have, 
it doesn't explain what the game is at all. No, it definitely does not. Uh, it definitely was like, I could see where someone could be like, oh, this is a game you're facing AI. Like, I could just, the, just the way that tutorial kind of worked, it did not feel. Yeah, it felt oh, like it was, it was a one to two person game. Not 5v5. Yep. So. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's little things like that, right? Like, other Again, than, I don't think this is a bad game at all. Yeah. I think it's going to grow into a great game. I just think there's a lot of little hurdles they're working on. Like, the the core of the game is there, and it's very good. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's the... It's the dressing on the outside that needs to be mm. um, improved. That's true. Yeah. Uh, so let's see. So after that, what else have you been playing, AJ? Uh, I have been dabbling in Fuser, the new Harmonix game. Ooh. The DJ game. Yeah, so so I saw this game, had to be, so a year and a half ago, GDC, is the last time I've seen this game. How is it looking? I mean, it's really fun. It is the most... Twitch unfriendly game probably out there. Just because of It's all licensed music, like Oh god, and yeah, we have not discussed how Twitch is um cracking down on some nonsense. Well, Twitch is automating their DMCA stuff. Which worked really well on YouTube did it. Also. Yeah. Um But I mean it's it's fun. You know, it's, I will say though, like, the campaign is difficult. Really? Yeah, because they have objectives that you need to meet, and then there's requests that you need to meet, but it's not like Rock Band where, you know, you're not constantly hitting notes that you could miss, so to give that kind of possibility that you could fail they want you to be creative with your mix so like if you have the same four if you have the same discs playing it doesn't matter how many there are um for it feels like any amount of time if you're not constantly changing up what you're playing Mm -hmm. you're losing uh Kind of the crowd feel. So it's like. You know you could be trying to like. Okay you know I'm feeling this. And then I'm going to wait until we hit this part. And then I'm going to switch. Meanwhile about. You know. Four beats into you feeling the mix that you've got. That meter started to go down. And it goes down fast. Mm -hmm. If you're like okay I'm going to play this for 16 bars. And then switch vocals to this, and then go to this. Like, you know, you're probably gonna fail because the crowd meter will dip so low that, um, that you'll just end up losing. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, but there is a good, um, there's a really good freestyle component. 
in which you can play all the songs you've unlocked. Which, so the weird thing is you unlock songs by level by progressing through the campaign and stuff like that. Okay. But then you have to buy them. What? Like they give you a, they give you a currency that you earn for leveling up and stuff like that. So I don't know. I'm always weird on that. So to me, I think the correct answer is you have to get tokens and then you should have like two sets of tracks and one is the unlock and one's the ones you buy and they probably shouldn't correlate. I mean, they give you a fairly decent list of stuff to play off of already um, that you don't have to buy if you get the the $100 version. Um, but yeah, it's weird because like some of the songs that you want are locked behind the tokens, um, which is kind of annoying, but it's also like, okay, you know, it's, it's also nice to be like, okay, I want to build my freestyle deck. And so I'm only going to buy songs that I need for the deck that I want. Right. So then you're not, like, having to go through every track in the game just to build a deck. You're like, okay, I want this, this, this. Makes sense. Yeah. But kind of the, the downside of it is what you can do in freestyle is locked to what you've unlocked through the campaign. Okay. So through the campaign, you unlock the ability to have uh, beat pads, midi pads, and then effects on the tracks. Hmm. So if you go into freestyle right away, you have none of that. Which is weird because you would think if you go into freestyle, you should have everything available. Mm-hmm. But eh, it's, it's it's weird. Freestyle mode is always just weird. But it locks you behind the uh, behind your progression through the campaign. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Which uh... I guess it's it's a good way, right, to to force you to play that campaign. Yeah, I'm surprised I don't instead just play campaign and then unlock the other modes. Yeah. That's a little weird, but... Um, but that'd, be, that'd be the more old-fashioned way to do it. Yeah. If you're going to go down that road anyway. I will say, probably the coolest thing that you can do in this game is you can make songs... You can change up, like, obviously, tempo, key, um, major, minor. So, like, you can have a, a song set in a minor key... Like, say, mm-hmm. for instance, Bad Guy by Billie Eilish. Um, you could have that in its standard minor key and then switch it to a major key, and it's, uh, it actually changes everything. Oh, wow. And it is weird. That does not sound normal. Okay, question for you. Uh, here you have listed also Discovery Games. Yeah, so this is... Um, let me pull up. There. Uh, who exactly makes these? Because I am unfamiliar. I don't think it's the thing I got you, so I'm unfamiliar on this. 
Code Horizon is the name of the company. Okay. They made Giant Machines 2017. Oh, no. Which, uh... That was a pretty funny quick look from what I remember on Giant Bomb. Um, and then they went on to make games based on a couple of Discovery TV shows. Mm-hmm. So they made, uh, and they're both kind of like, they're both simulator games. Okay. Shocking. Yeah. So they've got one based on Gold Rush, the show. So it's set in Alaska, you're a gold miner. Okay, that also was I feel like I should know Gold Rush. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then they have one based on the uh, Diesel Brothers TV show. So that's more of like a car mechanic simulator. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they're... They're both half-baked, but also a little too serious. Nice. Uh, you enjoying it? I mean, I like the Gold Rush one better than the Diesel Brothers one because the Diesel Brother one is so much like a ripoff of Car Mechanic Simulator mm-hmm. that it's like, okay, you know, if I wanted to play this, I could have played, you know, my completely modded out Car Mechanic Simulator 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, rather than this half-baked version of it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's it's pretty good. The, so, like, they get around the uh, um, creative mode where everything's unlocked by having, like, $1 mode. Really? Yeah, so in Gold Rush, like in Gold Rush, it's $1 mode. In Diesel Brothers, it's you just have unlimited money. Um, so in Gold Rush, you actually you have to, quote-unquote, buy things, but everything costs a dollar. So you just, you start out at the base uh, lot that is a dollar. You get your hand stuff, and the second you make any money from gold, you can just buy whatever you want. So, yeah. Um, it's actually pretty tedious because it's you need to manage water, power, gas. Um, you know, it's it's a lot of that stuff. So. It melts away the hours. Of- okay. Nice. Um, so I don't know if we've talked about this. So when I have, I have Axis and Allies here listed, right? Have you played Axis and Allies before? No. That's the board game. So I used to play the old version board game, which is about like a four foot by like three foot board game. So dense, but not giant. <laughs> uh, this new version, I think it's like seven feet board. And it's like a seven by like three feet board 
Uh, so it's you go through with three of us playing it. It's turns obviously, and you go through World War Two. A turns mm-hmm. taking us about an hour and ten minutes. Yeah, it sounds like the D and D game you have. <laughs> it is probably a good. That's probably a good comparison. Uh, it's I enjoy it because access and allies. It is they have definitely made that game a lot bigger and a lot more dense than it used to be. And what's interesting about this is so there's technically two games, kind of a European and an Asian map. And what we did was you can merge them into one game, but you also played them individually also. And I just find that interesting because of how they have adapted it now. So you could have this really big game, or you could play like a still big game, but not as atrociously big game. Hmm. So yeah, so if you were interested, it is Axis and Allies 1940. It's either Asia or Europe. I think I enjoy the Europe board more. Uh, but we are playing both combined, which is just making it giant. Also, it's an expensive chunk of change where you get both boards. About it's like hundred and sixty dollars, I think. Well, it sounds like the uh, what? Um, shit, I think Cards Against Humanity. If you get everything at this point, there's like. Yeah, but hear me out, though. Cards, uh, I don't understand why anyone would want to get everything for Cards Against Humanity. Yeah, it's it's a lot, but it's also, like... Like, I feel like cards, I have one of the medium-sized boxes, and I still feel like we've, get, like, for how often we've played that game, like, it's still super hard to get, like, duplicates and make it be quite the same game. I understand if you play like every night, you will eventually, but like I think it still takes work. Yeah, it definitely takes work to get repeats. But also, like, if you're playing with eight people, mm-hmm. you know, you need either a bigger box or you need expansions because you will run out of mm-hmm. cards to use. It's a little worrying when... Because, I mean, like... So, you know kind of my sense of humor when I play that game is very much like... I go for what I laugh at. Right. And the issue is if you don't... You have to know your group as part yeah. of that game. Yeah, if you're playing with a bunch of old whites and they have no idea what a what a hentai bukkake is, uh, and you have to explain that, it definitely kind of breaks the feel of that joke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Um. So let's see, so we're jumping to stuff we have seen and stuff. Uh, to start off, so I have been, we kind of talked about this when you were streaming, so I've, I've been watching Community, as we talked about last time. Uh, yeah. So I, I jumped into season two, because it's kind of, I've been doing slower. Jesus Christ, I, I just, I like how, <laughs> I, I'm convinced either the budget upped a ton, or it's probably realistically jumped to HD at this point, but the show just looks so different jumping from season one to season two. And it's just really weird watching shows at that time as they hit that transition. Yeah. Uh, well, and I explained it on stream. Like, 
the jump for Always Sunny was probably, I don't know if the same, but it felt weird because everything was 4 by 3 like, pretty low quality. And then all of a sudden, like, 5th or 6th season is when they would have switched to HD. Mm-hmm. And then it's full widescreen HD, and you're just like, man, like, <laughs> there was a charm to the old show. Of that kind of gritty, you know, it looks like it was shot for about ten bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, and that definitely, when that change happened, it it felt weird. Mm-hmm. No, that is definitely again. It's community season two. Uh, there's a reason people still love it. Uh, but at the same time, it is just, I just thought that was the thing that just stood out to me so much because it's like, oh, wow. Also, I think season two is kind of where the show, you end of season one, but season two is kind of where the show hits its stride, kind of understanding what it is. Because definitely season one, you're still feeling like they're still building the characters and trying to figure out what they are like. Yeah. Uh, okay. So here, I want to jump to the second thing on your list here. What is, oh, cook it's a cooking show on amazon okay it's um it's from james may who is the uh one of the three behind the grand tour and the old top gear of course it is yeah and he made a uh, cooking show so how is it it's all right it's it's funny because he is of the three. James May is the one that's like the most weirdly relatable and like he he's not a huge fan of doing TV stuff. Mm-hmm. And he, he blatantly admits like, I don't know how to cook. Mm-hmm. So this show is me learning how to cook. And when I fuck it up, it's my, fucked up my home economics person is going to fix it for me. I'm only two episodes in, but, uh, yeah, if it's anything like his Japan series, good. That is good. Okay. Let us know as it keeps going. Uh, Let's talk about, apparently you're watching this Mando fellow. Uh, yeah. I'm watching. How, is this season two you're watching, I assume? Yeah. How's it going? So I've seen the first three episodes. I haven't seen Okay. Um, it's, yeah. You don't sound super excited by it's it. It's more Mandalorian. Like it's visually amazing, but it's Star Wars, so the story inherently sucks. <laughs> I forgot you don't like stories in Star Wars. I mean, I it's weird because like I like the character of the Mandalorian. I think mm-hmm. he's pretty cool. Like the idea of 
exploring the bounty hunters is awesome. It's just, mm-hmm. no matter how good your story is, it has to rely on Star Wars bullshit. You're like, well, like it was pretty enjoyable, and then Star Wars happened. And then Star Wars happened. See, but that was, I feel like Mando season one tried to separate itself from that world a good chunk. Obviously, it's grounded in the world, but it very much was like, it's not about Skywalker. It's not about even Force Reorders a ton. Like, it's very much a, like, here's bounty hunters going in this world. Yeah, but it was still like, oh, here's the Empire and... Oh, akin to it. That's at the end of the season. I feel like that wasn't until the end. It was the second half of the season. Yeah, but like I don't know, they felt more backgroundy. I mean, they ended up being the at least the final two episodes. Pretty strong about them. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I have not had any interest in watching it. Maybe I'll sit down and watch it one day. But it's not a. I didn't love season one, which I thought you were more positive on season one than I was. I was positive on season one because it was, you know, it was as far as you could get away from the Star Wars bullshit until the very end. Uh, this one's just, it's, it's full on Star Wars bullshit. Yeah. And I guess the thing that Star Wars fans are happy about is kind of the curse of the show. In that this show is tying together a lot of the canon of uh, other TV shows and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And so if you haven't seen Rebels or the other animated uh, shows. It's at least putting stuff in them. Well, they're talking about like, you know, there's characters in Mandalorian that are from Rebels. Ah, okay. And so I'm like, dude, I don't care. (laughs) Like, who is this person? Why should I? Like, it's the one thing the Marvel movies did right. Mm Mm-hmm. The one thing. (laughs) Because God knows those movies are god-awful otherwise. They made you care about the characters involved because they explained who they are, where it pertains to the movie universe. Yeah, by the time a character was, like, in an ensemble, like, the, the, that was one of the things they did super well was, if I have an ensemble of five people, you may be meeting one of them the first time, but you've had movies with the other four. And, like, every time they use, like, a new character, but the rest of them you have a foundation of to explain. So, like, by the time you get deeper and deeper, you know these characters. Yeah. So... It's it's kind of the thing that I can bash Mandalorian on, that it relies too heavily on being, I think it relies too heavily on being a Disney Plus show, because they're like, oh, you can just go see Rebels, because it's on the platform. I'm. Sh- it'd be funnier that if, as you pause it, like, during that moment, it'll be like, are you confused? Go check out this episode. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what, like, the uh, Amazon X-Ray stuff is. That That is. It'd, it'd be their version of it. But they have access. They know they have that, da- that stuff on the platform, so they could. Yeah. 
but Where I am not X-Men confident. Yeah. yeah, I'm not confident in Disney's handling of digital platforms to be able to figure that out. Fair. So. Um, otherwise, I also watched like a week ago, uh, Django Unchained for some reason. Django. Django. God, that movie is... The thing that makes that movie very Tarantino is, like... So it's a story with a purpose, but it's very much like a... What happened? You're like, a slave became free, and he killed a bunch of people. And the, the thing I appreciate when Tarantino's at his finest, which is what this film is, it's a film of half the film didn't have to happen if one decision was not made. Yeah. Like, like if... The um, if Christopher Waltz did not shoot Leo, this like that last third of the film just wouldn't happen. It wouldn't have to happen. It'd be the end of the story. Yeah. But instead, you go, nope, we're shooting him, and then the entire film unravels. Uh, obviously, I, I tend to like the film because it's it's Tarantino and it's Tarantino, Tarantino. As I like to call it. Yeah, but it doesn't have the great uh, Lapper Girl reel from Inglorious Bastards. <laughs> yeah, because Django and Inglorious Bastards, the back-to-back films, I think Inglorious Bastards is a better film. I like it more. Again, I, Django at no point is a bad film. Like, Inglorious Bastards is an easy movie to, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to turn that out. Django is a rougher movie at points. Also, it's a, ironically, I think it's a darker story matter than Scalping Nazis. Yeah, yeah, that's more of what I mean. Like, Inglorious Bastards is pretty lighthearted throughout the entire thing. Yeah. Whereas Django is very much like it puts its foot on the gas and it never. Left. Yep. Okay. But yeah. Uh, jumping to the news. Hey, you got the news song going? Oh shit! Uh, one thing I forgot to. Under what I've played, I got a stadia. Jesus Christ, how is that? Uh, once I figured it out, it's not great. I was really hoping that you're gonna be like, once I figure it out, I'll let you know. No, so Google was giving them to anybody subscribed to YouTube Premium, because I'm sure they have a warehouse full of these things. Mm-hmm. I got it. And it gave me three months of Stadia Pro. Mm. And I fired up Ember, because that's a game I've played on PC. So you I didn't know, know how it, it works. Like. I know what it should look like. And... It had issues even at 1080. Really? Like, my internet should be fine to stream that. And it was like, nah, bro. This ain't happening. Wow. That is... So you're not a fan? Not right now. The idea of it is cool. Just be like, oh, I have a Chromecast, and 
you know, like if you don't have a smart TV, I think this is probably the Stadia deal is is a pretty good deal. Like you get a Chromecast Ultra, which is like seventy bucks anyway. Mm-hmm. So for another thirty, you get to try out Stadia, and you get a fairly decent controller. Mm-hmm. Oh, that is that is interesting. Are you paying for the subscription or? No, so the entire thing was free. Oh, really? Um, so it gave me three months uh, Stadia Pro for free, and then because I own a Chromebook, I got three months free there. So I am set on Stadia until May of next. You will be paying, right? I won't be paying. It's free. I meant after, because you enjoy it so much. Oh, no. Alright, so, news. I don't have a news. <sighs> we, give you, we give you jobs to do, and you don't give me songs. Okay. Uh, Have so, you figured out the Spotify integration for our podcast yet? You forgot to remind me. Um, also, I thought you were supposed to break it into segments for that. I asked you if we wanted to do that, and you said no, it should just work. That's true, it should just work. I just have to remember to do it. Uh, remind me when you upload this one, we could do that. <laughs> so, so, breaking news to start with. Uh, I put this in the big news section because it is important news that the world must know about. AJ, how excited are you? McDonald's is finally bringing back the McRib. The McRib is disgusting. AJ, why, why do I talk to you? You, you, are, you are a hopeless person with no joy in your life. Do not badmouth our children like this. I mean, it, it's bad. Like, there are better rib sandwiches that you can get. No joy, AJ. No joy. Fine. We'll jump we'll jump to Let's jump to, I guess, other noobs. I mean, that's, AJ... not, that's not even a bit because the McRib is just disgusting. Do not badmouth the McRib like that. It doesn't deserve good mouth. Okay. So, actual. So, jumping to film and TV stuff. Somewhat sad news, obviously, for both these people. Uh, Since we have talked, both Sean Conroy and Alex Trebek have departed from this world. Have left the astral plane. This is true. Uh, remember, 1-800-Scientology. Tell them uh, the SWW show sent you. Thank you. Um, but actual sadness on that. So, obviously, Alex Trebek died from his pancreatic cancer. Which, yeah, obviously, we, like, that one, I think, is the le- less shocking of the two. Because, like, we've known this would be coming for a while. Yeah, I mean, he anou- when he announced that he had it, he announced it was stage yeah, so at that point, like, it was... You don't happening. survive stage 4 pancreatic cancer. Mm-hmm. Like, it's... Pancreatic cancer already has a 
terrible survival rate mm-hmm. um, at early stage when it's stage four and basically inoperable. Like it was, it was, it was surprising how long he actually lasted for them. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I get it, right? He Jeopardy was his baby, so him mm-hmm. going back to do this final season. That's more the big deal was, yeah. Like, I really want to know, was that Alex wanting to just get one it last season? Up. It has to have been. Like, because, like, he probably had an out on his contract. Like, at this, like... Like, that, it, it, like, why would he care? Like, he said, screw it, I don't care. Yeah, if it if this wasn't... This wasn't Alex's dying wish through this last season... And it was, uh, Sony does that show. Yeah. It Which I, but I really doubt it. The way, way he talked about, like, the way everyone, like, knew he talked about that show, like, I really doubt that. Like, like, legitimately, I, I'd never heard anything of that, which makes me feel like we would have heard something akin to that at some point. Yeah. Yeah. And then, obviously, the other death is Sean Conroy, which... He was 90, uh, and apparently he died from complications with stuff like dementia. Yeah, they, he, was it two years ago, I think it was, he announced that he would never act again because of problems with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's just another old person thing. Yeah, like, obviously, like, him going, I don't know if I quite realized how old he was, but, like, it was just not a person that people had in front of his mind of going. It's also surprising because he was one of, I think it's three or four Bonds a lot. Yeah, no, it was him. I just had the list up. It's him, Brosnan, Craig. And uh, Timothy Dalton. Yeah. So, Roger Moore and George Lazenby. I think that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so for the first Bond to still be alive at that point in time, like, it's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Well, the first movie Bond. We don't go. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, after that, uh, we have... the TV show isn't even James Bond. No that's true. That's true. So, after that, uh, we have a couple of trailers. Um, I think the big one that I think you actually might somewhat care about is, so there's the recut of Godfather coming out. God, called The Godfather Coda, The Death of Michael Corleone. Really? Like, I hate this, like, oh, we're gonna reshoot and reset together the classic film like these projects are just like there's a reason the Mona Lisa is the Mona Lisa it like don't remix classic things like you could remake the Godfather which I think would be pretty bad because yeah, what, do that one. what made the Godfather kind of 
work was the crew behind it. I will be curious if part of the reason that he wants to do this, because Coppola is actually doing it, is because obviously Godfather Part 3 has a very not as positive of a reaction compared to the other films. Mm. And I wouldn't be shocked if it's trying to like up that in people's mind a bit too, or trying to be like, so it's always been the dark caring of the, that trilogy. I mean, it's like also people didn't care about Michael. Yeah, no, that's fair. Like he, he was a person in which we cared because he pushed the plot forward. I don't know if I, I don't know though, because like part two, like that is him, Michael. They don't care about old Michael. Well, if you look at like ratings for two and three are significantly lower. Ah, uh, I thought two was that is not true. Godfather. One is still. I mean, maybe critically two was ranked higher. Than That's one. I'm like, no, Godfather Part Two is ranked higher for sure. Okay, Godfather. Um, they have nearly identical ratings. Looks it's looking like for critical. Yeah, let me pull up see if I get a better comparison. That's not like I'm like I remember Godfather Part Two is like known as one of the greatest films of all time. I'm like I've never heard people be like Godfather Two is the worst one. No, I'm not saying it's it's worse, but at least in terms of the critical the critical response to two is the same or better as one. Mm-hmm. The um fan response to two was much lower. I don't know. And and what are you comparing? Because I've always said fan response was better on two. That's why I don't understand that. Mm-mm. No, at least when it first came out, two was very much seen as People liked one, and then all of a sudden it's you know, Vito's gone, and you know what do you do? And then two comes out, and it's like okay. Not that there's anything wrong with two. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of the Godfather franchise in general, but Tis what it is. Tis what it is, you're saying? Uh, it is what it is. I don't know if that's what, that's what, um, that's not what it said, I think. It is what it is. That's the same. Okay. Okay. So yeah, um, otherwise, two trailers, which I assume AJ will not care about, is, first one, uh, there is... Apparently a Sharkborn Lava Girl sequel coming out. I saw the backlash on Twitter. <laughs> because it's Pedro Pascal and not... Pedro. Yeah. Also, like, I understand Sharkborn Lava Girl has, like, always been, like, a cult film that, no, like, people care about, but not in that way. Question is, how does Netflix just feel like they have too much money? I think Netflix has a... Because it's Brian Rodriguez also, isn't it? It is. It's Robert Rodriguez. I'm sorry, Robert Rodriguez. It's Robert Rodriguez also, which is the wild part to me. I think the problem that Netflix has, and this is the case for Netflix for the past couple of years, Netflix wants to be 
their own thing. Yes, but it's interesting they're using IP that they don't outright own. Well, but, like, they don't necessarily care how they get the IP, right? Like, they want their... They want their service to be exclusive, which, I mean, they've pushed for for a while. Which I we didn't put here. They're also raising prices again. Yeah, so is Hulu. For the uh, live TV. Mm-hmm. Um, but live TV, I feel like people are less outraged when you raise that price. We didn't Netflix, I feel like, raise price like every year. Yeah. Yeah, Netflix has been raising their prices every year. Um, you know, Netflix is their stance has been you know we want our platform to be Netflix only mm-hmm. which okay fine whatever but if you want it to be Netflix only you can't make it HBO price yes because HBO just became the greatest deal in the world when Max came out I also for I don't know if we talked this. I didn't realize that Max and HBO had different libraries. No, HBO Max is HBO Max includes the HBO library. But I I didn't realize that the HBO I didn't realize they were separate. I thought they were like we just merge HBO into Max. I didn't realize that. Well, that's their service now. No, you could, so regular HBO you could also get online as part of your TV package. But no, it's just... no, no, you can still get regular HBO and just pay for that. Okay, that's weird because it's the same price. Uh, no, it's not. Max and HBO was. Yeah, I didn't get a price increase. Still 15 a month. HBO Go versus HBO Max. That's two different things. HBO Go is an app to access right. your HBO, HBO subscription. Is HBO Now? I forgot what it is. HBO Now became HBO Max. I think they're still separate. No, they're not. I had HBO Now. It just became Max? Yes. Because legitimately... So, what it... Okay, this is weird then. Let me make sure I get this clear. Uh, yeah. So, how... Okay, so here's how it works. This is the wild part. Right, so... You can get... If you buy it online, you only get HBO Max. But... HBO now equivalent of what the library was is what you get when you do it through your cable provider and for most cable providers it costs the same as max does yeah which is so why the fuck is anyone doing that because there's a bunch of old whites in the middle of the country that don't give a shit jesus that's why i was like because i had a friend who had hbo now we logged into and i was, I was like i didn't have the max library then they didn't have now Oh, we had whatever they had a login that we logged into, which I didn't realize. That's absurd. No, you HBO Now was created for people that didn't have cable subscription, mm. and that's what I have. I have HBO. Well, it's now Max. Max. I have that on. Um. Yeah, which is why when you're going off about how they're different, I'm like, no, I know exactly what it is. <laughs> have it. Fair enough. Okay, so our final trailer. So, remember the success of everyone's favorite Sonic movie? Sonic. Sonic. 
uh, in the continuation of those great films, apparently we now have a live-action Tom and Jerry coming out. Will it be as subliminally <laughs> racist and classist as the show was? <laughs> I'm going to assume not. You better hope not. <laughs> I like to- also, too, I do enjoy Tom Jerry. Um, I don't have high hopes of this film, so I could. I don't think anybody does. <laughs> Like, either the shot it could be entertaining. I don't think the shot would be good. Is that a good way of putting it? Yeah. Fair enough. And then, final news story. Which I think is going to be interesting, because as we talk about theaters trying to survive this pandemic. So, Wonder Woman 1984 has been announced. It will start streaming for free on HBO Max on Christmas Eve, or Christmas Day for exactly one month. And it will correspond with a theater release. And then at that point, after the month, they're pulling it off of HBO Max, putting it on VOD, and then they expect it to go back on HBO Max within the next quarter. Yeah. What is interesting to me about this is, so like obviously theaters are kind of pushing to survive right now. Their their hope is that like when this all clears, that the bunch of movies to release that movie giant. This was supposed to be a billion dollar movie. How much of a wash is Warner taking on this? Probably not much. You don't think so? No, because think about it, right? Like, they've had this sitting on a server. For six months. Probably longer. Longer, supposed to be April, I think, yeah. So, they're like, fuck it, push it to HBO. You know, Hopefully get some recurring subscribers out of it. Yeah. And push it to theaters. Like, you're not taking necessarily a loss at the theaters right now. Yeah, whatever theaters open, they're just letting, they are letting it showing, but yeah. Well, you're not, like, it's not costing a production company anything to show a movie right now. Right, yeah. Because theaters are desperate to show something. Mm-hmm. So you get your cut of the five tickets that are sold in a month. And then pray to God that you make it up on the back end. Mm-hmm. Or VOD. No, that's... I think that's that's true. I just think it's going to be... I think it's, from the theater's point of view at least, it's probably hurting them a lot. And they're all probably a little more stressed than they were. I mean, it's still like, if you're, you know, one person, it's cheaper to go to the theater than to get HBO for the month to watch. Uh, depending where you live, I don't know if I agree with you. I'm sure a lot of theaters have dropped their prices. If they've dropped their prices, yes. If it's normal theater prices, I think we're probably at about a break-even point. I mean, even if you go off the national average, it's like nine fifty or something like that. Uh, is that how much? Is that how cheap it is? Yeah. Um, I've never lived in an area where it's that cheap. That's why. Uh, national 
average? If I could type. Uh, the National Movie Theater average is 2018 was at 9.11. Yeah, and it hasn't really gone up much. It might be like, we'll say maybe 9.20, that means now. Like, that's probably what we're talking. It's like low nines. Yeah. So it's still cheaper to get that ticket than it is to subscribe. That's assuming obviously you have nothing to eat or drink, but yeah. Well, even if you get something to eat or drink at the house, like... Okay, yeah, but that's, that's still than a cost in currents there, but okay, yes, but that's not the same amount, right? Like we're talking about a movie theater, I will get a drink and a popcorn for nine dollars versus at home it will cost me a dollar. Yeah, like that is a different number we're talking about here. If you are in a big city, which is a good chunk of the theaters in the country, though, it's probably cheaper for HBO at this point. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. We will keep an eye on that. Um, I will probably watch it around Christmas time because why not? I'll probably just subscribe for to Max for the month at that point and just do it. Yeah, I'll just keep my HBO subscription going because it's you know that just means we might have a shot for movie club returning for once. It'll be interesting. <laughs> it'll be a new movie. It'll be unthinkable. Yeah, and the old one is on HBO. Is it actually? Mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to watch the old one. We'll see. <laughs> it's not that great. Uh, the first 40% of the film is fine. Maybe 50%. It's the back half of that film makes no sense. It's like they forgot a third act is supposed to happen. Mm, I think they forgot a second act was supposed to happen. Again, the first act I actually think is a decent film. And if it's took to that quality, it'd been fine. It's the villain of that film upset me. Yeah. Okay. Uh, now we are on to video game news. First news story in which AJ called the most obvious thing ever. Yep. IO Interactive has announced they are making a James Bond video game. I mean, the Hitman reboot was trying so hard to be a James Bond game. Yep. I also think that in general, like I agree with you, it made a lot of sense, and I th- I th- I assume they're gonna do really well with it because that just feels like that feels like a team that I would trust making a James Bond game in modern times. Yeah, I mean, IOI has yet to prove why we should doubt them, and especially a game that theme wise, if you do it right, I feel like would be so similar to Hitman. I mean, going, I mean. I don't think there's really anything that you can point to in their catalog since maybe Kane and Lynch. Like, Didn't people not like that last Hitman Absolution? I mean, it was it was just a you know divergence from the Hitman formula. Okay, so Kane and Lynch. It wasn't bad. Like Absolution so, wasn't bad. Here is Idos's entire catalog. Since the year 2000. Are you ready? It's not IDOS, it's IOI. IO, I'm sorry, IO Interactive. Uh, Hitman, Codename 47. Hitman 2, Freedom Fighters in 03. Uh, then you have Contracts in 04, Blood Money in 06, Kane and Lynch in 07. Mini Ninjas. Okay. I think that was <laughs> uh, Mobile Game, maybe? 
uh, Mac, Windows, DS, PS3, Wii, 360. I uh, definitely don't remember that, so that was probably a small-scale thing. Their first Square game was Cane Lynch 2 in 10. Absolution was 12. 2016 was Hitman. Hitman 2, uh, which is when they separated from Square, is 18. And then in January, we will have ye old Hitman 3, which I assume you'll be playing on Stadia. Uh, no, I might give the Unreal Launcher, the Epic Launcher, whatever it's called, a shot again, because I want to play that in VR. Right, I forgot that it's playable in VR. That's still, like... I, like, I'm hoping Bond might have a similar mode, because I think you could always have a assassination. Because I feel, to me... Yeah, Hitman just makes so much sense in VR. Like, it just feels like it could work. No, it'll either work great, or it'll be... Sad. It'll, it'll be worse than Boneworks for motion sickness. Yep. So we will see, and we will keep an eye out for more news on Le Bond. Uh, top PlayStation 5 story, which we kind of hit at, at the top, and it'll kind of wean in with the rest of any PS5 news we have, is... Basically, in Japan, they've announced PS5s will only be sold at launch, uh, which makes sense because they are impossible to find. They'll only be sold digitally. Yeah. Uh, I think it's fair to say they're impossible to be found right now, besides if you're a scalper and have bots. Yeah. I've seen, if Twitter's anything to go by, the most recent... um, Like, the most recent uh, stock refresh mm-hmm. was a lot more people getting it. No, that definitely felt... But also the most recent one you've covered, the last couple of stock refreshes have all been Walmart, which does not have bot control, and this was Best Buy, which does. Overnight was Best Buy and Kohl's, which both actually going to handle bots. Walmart.com cannot. Well, it's Walmart. What do you expect? It's wild to me. Walmart That's can't handle people. And the first drop of PS5s trashed Walmart.com. The entire website. Again, it's Walmart. What do you expect? Like, how do you make a website? How did you not segment that off so that way you don't crash your entire website? Because that would require knowledge of the internet. Okay. And... Walmart does not have that. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, This is the next story that I feel we've talked about, definitely off air. Uh, So it's official now. Take-Two has bought Codemasters. For I think the total is, I think the actual total was like 850 mil. Uh, So AJ... One of the big things out of that one, I was curious what your thoughts are. It's so it's going to rebrand the F1 games to F1 2K. That's fun. So, what is your thoughts though? Do you, are you concerned with like that they're going to like do stuff like microtransaction to death, or do you think it'll be fine? I mean, it's already flooded with microtransactions. I don't think it'll be any worse. I mean, there's not much worse that you could do. That's fair. Like, 
if you buy the base version of F1 2020, uh, basically all you have is the 10 teams in F1 and the F2 stuff and like some real shitty decals. Mm. If you want to customize anything, it's a microtransaction. That's fair. I mean, it's not pay to win. Like, you couldn't yeah. do that. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, next news story we have. Finally, after how many years has this been rumored, AJ? How many years has it been rumored that we're going to get the Mass Effect Remastered, George? I think since 3 came out. I think since 3 came out and the Jackson console. So let's say it's been 7 years of rumors. <laughs> Apparently the the actual rumor is that it was Mass Effect 1 that's making it taking so long. Yeah, Mass Effect 1 on the PC is dog shit. Which, and my assumption is they're just emulating the PC versions because that'd make the most sense. Um, so yeah, but after, goddamn. What's interesting, though, is so it's coming out sometime next year in spring, in quotes. It's all three of the original games, obviously no multiplayer in three. But... No, I thought it, they were including the multiplayer. No, they didn't work. I didn't think they were. I thought they were just redoing it so that way they didn't have to. You're making me look this up while we talk. Um, Next fact that includes single player base content DLC from 1 to 2, 3, plus all purple weapons, armors, and packs. Yeah, no. They've not said the word multiplayer. Uh, what What is interesting to me, though... On this, so what's the Bioware news story on the blog, right? It is for Xbox One, PS4, and PC. There's two major things I'm curious about. So first off, they make it very clear. It, they will have target enhancements, but not next-gen ports, right? For Series X and PS5. Um, and then, do you notice the other thing that's massively missing on this list? The price? The Nintendo Switch could run this fucker. No, it won't. So, Mass Effect 3 is on the Wii U. I am positive the Switch can run it. The Switch would run this at about 5 frames a second. I don't know if I think of it. I think you can't do, obviously, the 4K packs. You could lower the textures and it'd be fine. I mean, they've said the... They've said the Switch is basically... A late-run PS3. I've heard it's in between PS3 and PS4. Can Well, a late-run PS3 was basically as high as you could get without jumping up to the PS4. Mm-hmm. So... Oh, but PS3 ran Mass Effect 3 e- easily. Yeah. Also, that was plugged in the entire time. Handheld Switch performance for this you're going to be able to count the frames. <laughs> you're going to be like, well, there goes frame one. A minute later, there goes frame two. Ten minutes later, there goes frame three. Nice. And then the other 
news story buried in this is that they're very clear they are working on the next Mass Effect, quote, with a senior team. Art at work envisioning the next chapter. They haven't started anything. <laughs> fair, fair enough. So in four to five years, we will hear about it. In four to five years, we'll see the first teaser. In six years, they'll announce that Bioware is closed. <laughs> in ten years, you'll see Mass Effect 4 or 5 or whatever they're going to call it. Uh, released under the EA branding. Fair enough. So, AJ, we have two stories left here. Uh, do we want to rant about the piece of shit Kotaku is first, or do you want to talk about Apple has changed stuff? I mean, Apple's change is pretty small. It's just... So broadly it's kind speaking, of going with the times. Yeah, it's switching it to 15% for any developer. So right now, Apple's current cut is 30% on the App Store. If you're a developer that makes under $1 million in revenue via Apple, you now have a 15% cut, which obviously it was a needed change. I bet you they also made that change to try to deal with the epic lawsuits. Well, be like, that's not going to matter because Epic makes more than a million in a day. You don't think that's going to matter? Well, no, because they're not changing for if you make over a million. Still 30. That's fair. But I think part of Epic's suit is saying that Apple is... Unfair. Epic's part of Epic's dumb suit is... There's parts of the suit I don't think are as dumb. The part of the dumb part of the suit is being like, Epic is a monopoly, Apple's a monopoly because they run 30%. Like, it's one of those. It's like... That that epic suit is the most like, as we've talked about, wiping your ass ass shit ever. Well, and it's funny because if you if you read that suit, you can see their points where if they stopped halfway through the sentence, they'd have a better shot at making it. They'd have a much better shot at winning I this. Don't think it'd be a long shot suit, but I don't think it'd be as impossible. Right now, I think that suit's impossible. Uh, also, general note, if anyone's curious, you can find a Tim Sweeney article where he compared the Epic suit for Apple to civil rights, and I think... I think that explains everything. <laughs> How okay. out of touch Epic is. Speaking of out of touch, so we have this website, right, called Kotaku.com. I'm surprised it's still around. <laughs> so, Well, and I say that, like, kind of seriously, weren't they part of Gawker? They were. Who bought them? Somebody wanted to waste money. Yeah. So I took yeah. a sip of my coffee because that's the type of story this is. So AJ, I sent you the story. What was it like four thirty in the morning one morning? <laughs> was, yeah, I forget. <laughs> I woke up in the middle of the night, couldn't sleep. I was scrolling, and I saw this article pop up. So background for everyone: Call of Duty Black Black Ops Cold War just came out, right? Ronald Reagan is in the game because it's about him sending you on missions. As people like to say, we get to commit war crimes for Ronald Reagan. How to sign me up. So, you would think that if there was an editorial on Kotaku about Black Ops Cold War, you'd, they would explain being like, oh, here's why it's not realistic, or here's why it doesn't fit with the theme of Call of Duty. Right? No. I think Kotaku just found a reason to insult Ronald Reagan, so they just paid people to write about it. The article, and I quote title, 
in case you missed it, Ronald Reagan was a scumbag. I mean, so getting to the point, I guess. If you want to critique him, like I'm not gonna like he's one of those presidents that I probably tend to like more than you do, and you want to, and I'm not gonna say he's perfect and uncritiquable, right? I don't fully understand the point of this article on your video game website about Cold War. I mean, I think the critique that he has and has nothing to do with the game. Well, in in a way, Trump has it too. Like anybody that's wasn't a politician, the way that they handle the military is uniquely different to somebody that was a politician. So I think that's a stronger cheek you can make of Trump than you can of Reagan. Legitimately. I I guess also Reagan was going into the Cold War and like, it was a completely different situation, but... I think it's a different situation. I think, I would argue he's handled the military party akin to like a W. Bush, who was a politician always. Eh. W at least had a, a threat. Uh, Reagan definitely had a like. Are you again? I think Cold War era is a different era than now. It was. I mean, we're gonna at get the into time, it was, we're gonna get time. into Cold War politics because the Cold War, like, nothing would have ever happened. Um, I don't know if I agree with you on that. Like, legitimately, I don't think I do. No matter what the opposing countries said, neither of them wanted to be the one to launch the nuke. Yes, I will 100% agree on that one. But I also tend to agree that... So you have, like, the Eisenhower years, where, like, America was actually getting losing on the ground front game and technology-wise. And the concern was if we got back to those years, what would it look like? Which, again, though, but here's, here's my, my whole thing, going back to this, independent of RPN Cold War politics. Okay? This article is not a critique of that. This article is not a critique how Call of Duty handles Cold War politics. This article is very clearly just finding a way to shit on Ron Reagan because they can. Yeah. Like, this is my problem with it is if you want to be like, if you want to actually sit down and explain to me how this affects that game or how it's out of line for Call of Duty or any of those things, great. What does it have to do? Why does, what does his election to Jimmy Carter have to do with that? What does, let me get a good quote here going as we're talking about this. What does Ronald Reagan's opinions on welfare queens have to do on that? I mean, uh, I, I will say I have yet to play Cold War. That's fair. I've never, I've not heard anyone say that at any point that gets mentioned in that game. Because, so here's what I'm also going to say. Generally speaking, so this is so Call of Duty is a game when you're when you involved in American politics, it's about the foreign policy of American politics. I think you would agree on that one. Yeah. So what I would expect if you have historical figures, for us to only care about their foreign policy part of their, their historical figures. Mm. Unless there's some domestic policy that affects it. I mean, also like they very rarely address the president right it's always like the cia or and that i think that's a that is a twist that this game had that is different and i will give you that one but at the same time though like black ops one obviously like 
very clearly makes a point of being like, here's McNamara, who is a who is not the president, but is a very strong face for the that the era of American politics. Yeah, I mean they'll they'll attach themselves to maybe one or two big names, but they've never they've never addressed the the top dog. Because they've always been like oh, this is a CIA mission or this is whatever, so we don't have to get approval from the president. But that's the whole thesis of this game is we're pretending that Reagan sent everyone on these missions that we don't know he did or didn't send or whatever. We don't know. Like, like the, the, the thesis of this game is like Reagan is the top dog actually appointing these versus the CIA. Yeah, it's, yeah. I just think this goes I mean, back to my Also, of- like... Like this time period, right, of the Reagan the Reagan era is the time where the CIA was the most just swinging their big dick around. Mm-hmm. And the the vast majority, more than 99% of people will never know what the CIA did. Yeah. Like, but this to the full not- extent. But also part of this, the fundamentals of this game is, like, like they're making an assumption and they're going fiction at that point. Like, I think I think a better critique, if you wanted to critique the game and how it handles it, if you played it, would be is you do a backdrop of here is the lead we put the face on, here is what he actually probably would have done in this scenario. That's a critique. I think that's a valid critique. This is just a thing that I think you're just sharing Reagan because you're Kotaku and you can. I don't feel like there's a thesis here that you're trying to say besides shitting on him. Yeah. I mean, it's also the thing that is like, I have, I haven't really seen support for this article one way or another. Yeah, no, it's very interesting how an article, like even, I think I said to you and you commented how fucking long this article is. (laughs) Yeah. Like it's surprisingly long. Well, and like, it doesn't even necessarily matter how long the articles are. Generally, if something is released, I'd expect to hear about it because to me, I'd expect to see video game political Twitter being like, "Look, they're right," or it's like I expect yeah. something. Whereas also, this a writer I've radio never silent. heard of. Yeah, it's a radio silent, and it's a writer I've actually never heard of. Which is probably why it's radio silent. Yeah. So. I don't know. Kotaku's always been a blog anyway, so. And now know. that it, we've lost every name of Kotaku that anyone's ever heard of. Yeah. I mean, so blogs inherently are just opinion-based places. But, like, Kotaku at its finest, like, had some ounce of journalism behind them. Yeah. But that was because they had people on their staff that that was their background, not blogging. When now it's probably like, what's the cheapest blogger we could find? Yeah. How much are they paying people per word now, like a newspaper? So they're just being like, how can we pad this? I mean, I'd imagine you get a base on word count. And then it's, it's like a broad word count. We're like, hey, we're paying X to this article. We expect it to be 500 words is what I expect yeah. it looks like. And if it's like, if you like, you have a reason to go higher, you could be like, hey, I might just go higher because I want to. Or, hey, can I have an extra bonus because I hit a thousand words is what I expect it probably looks like. Yeah. And they'll probably say no to the bonus, but it's one of those. That's why I kind of assume that back end is. Yeah. Or we have, or we have, a, we have a budget for five opinion articles. 
who are freelance writers who got something. That's what okay. I assume it is. Yeah, they have a budget for five articles, and that's it. And they go, here's our favorite author. Do you have anything you want to write this week? You do? Great, we accept your pitch. You get one of them. That's how I assume it looks. They probably just have five or six writers, and they're like, hey, write something. We need the clicks. You have 12 hours to give us a pitch. This is a sinking ship. Are you implying that I'm not going to feel ill regret at all when Kotaku goes away? I mean, I am genuinely surprised that they're, again, still in business. Like, So I go back to, I am not against a media outlet existing when they put content in the world that makes any fucking sense. <laughs> I feel like it's, what is it, every two months we get to, we rip on Kotaku or Polygon, like every two to three months? I mean, Polygon's kind of... Do they exist still? Yeah. <laughs> you to think about it. I heard that hesitation in your voice. Well, no, I couldn't remember if they got, um, like, if they're part of somebody. They're part of Vox. Yeah. Well, I knew they were part of, like, somebody had acquired them, but I didn't, like, I couldn't remember if they were, like, Waypoint, where it's now Vice Games. Like, I couldn't uh, remember if it was one of those situations. No, I think it's Polygon is just Polygon. That was my hesitation because I I didn't know if it was you know if they were still Polygon or if it was something else so if we go on Polygon.com let's see now you have we're doing this, this is how we're ending the show we get to rant about media outlets that at one point were relevant We so we both agree that like give it five years it's going to be like Giant Bomb IGN and GameSpot and it's going to die right I mean it's going to be IGN, GameSpot, and... I think IGN's... I think Giant Bomb's more insulated because it's a subscriber service, and if they need to, they probably spin it off into this being an independent thing. Like, there are ways for them to survive. I mean, it's... That site is going down as soon as... Gersman decides to retire. Yeah. Well, no, that, that is fair. Which, I mean, he's got a kid now, so him retiring is... Probably pretty needs, close. I bet you'd take some more time because of money and where he lives. I mean, he'll be able to freelance. Like, his name carries enough weight mm-hmm. that he could work anywhere. You know, he doesn't have to. He doesn't have to apply to a place. As soon as he announces that he's leaving Giant Bomb. People follow him. Yeah. Okay. So that is the end of the news I have for this month. Uh, do you have any other things that we have missed before we jump into the final segments of games coming out soon? Um, I don't believe so. Perfect. It has been a slow month, everyone. Uh, we apologize. Uh, nothing's happening. Because Cyberpunk keeps delaying itself. Speaking of Cyberpunk's delay, every time I feel like I have to date this sheet, Cyberpunk's date just keeps pushing. Well, you also had the wrong date for like <laughs> 10 episodes, it felt like. <laughs> so, let's see if I'm correct. I believe the current Cyberpunk date I wrote down is December 10th. Is that accurate? Uh, as far as I know, it's either the 10th or the 11th. It is December 10th. They currently claim 
Cyberpunk 2077 will be coming out. AJ, do we believe the next time we do this show, Cyberpunk 2077 will be in our hands? Uh, Yeah, I mean, it's already at stores. Yeah, but that disc was gold already before the delay, so... Yeah, but they wouldn't... If they were planning on another delay... Like, warehouse space is expensive. <laughs> so they wouldn't... Like, that would be a huge expense to have these pallets. And I just, believe they only have Warner as a publisher just for Europe. I thought they were self-publishing in America. Yeah, so it would be... It would be tough for them to handle another delay. Okay. So we are we are claiming that we are going with that, and we are praying to God that happens. I mean, they've re- like <clears throat> you know they released the the PC specs. Like mm-hmm. you don't do that unless it's definitely coming out. Fair enough. Uh, next thing I have here is Worms Rumble, which I assume we've never put a date next to. I think it's like December fifth or sixth comes out. Uh, it is the Battle Royale Worms game. It's just and standard worms. It's not a battle royale. It's it's like battle royale mode in it or something. They called it battle royale. And then on January twentieth, AJ, the first game I've listed here for twenty twenty one. What is the name of this game? I genuinely don't know. Hitman is it 3. just Hitman three. Yeah, it's just Hitman three. I didn't know if it was. No, uh, since the reboot, they've just been. Well, Hitman. but I didn't know if it was going to be like Hitman. Well, I believe it's part of the Hitman launcher, which they redeveloped for two. If you want to get technical, and it's probably listed as a DLC for $60 or $70 under it, but it is Hitman 3. And if for the record, it is the final installment of the reboot trilogy, as they're calling it. They called it the Assassination Trilogy. Yeah. Well, no, I, I didn't know if it was going to have a different name because of it now having everything and in vr i bet you just from a marketing point of view having it be a clean three is easier yeah i am excited that will be a game that i definitely it's um cyberpunk and i think hitman 3 are the next games coming out that i'm watching the most yeah and then at some point i want to peek into miles morales but i'm almost waiting until i get a ps5 to do that I'm wondering if that'll come to PC. Did the original Spider-Man? I forget. It hasn't yet. I know Horizon did, and Spider-Man was rumored for a while, but... I mean, I feel like Spider-Man would be a good one to... I'd be curious how that swinging works not on a controller. It'd probably just be the mouse. I bet you it's gonna... I bet you that just takes these amount of work to make feel right. Like, not impossible, obviously. I mean that's just I believe that's probably the biggest hang up in that game of making it feel right. I mean you you would just base the swinging on the mouse, right? So either left or right click. Mm-hmm. Um I'm trying to remember if like right trigger did anything while you were swinging. Ah, uh, I don't I think you could have shot webs also. There's something you could do like in the air. You could have shot webs. So you could do that one. I'm not. I was more concerned with the act of swinging, because in a Spider-Man game, that's what makes or breaks them. I mean, in in the reboot or whatever you want to call it, 
for PS4, like the swinging and that, it didn't matter your controller. Like, mm-hmm. it was just a rhythmic thing which you could do on a mouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. So that will do us for, I guess, technically December. Even if we sent. So am I dropping? Wait. So am I dropping this? I guess in November. You want me to? Okay. I was just gonna hold it for a week, but I said, guess in the beginning of the show, you said we're not. Well, you claimed you needed something for the holidays, so I figured that's what this was. Oh well, we also had interviews. I could have dropped too. And the other world. Either way, this is your December show for uh, December of 2020. We will be back. Probably will be recording right before Christmas is my guess, right before New Year's. Uh, talk about the news of December going into the next year. And then hopefully next month, that means we could bring back some form of movie club and figure out what that looks like with new stuff somewhat dropping. And at some point in our lives, theaters might return among us. Um, I'd probably say keep an eye out on our Twitch. We're going to start advertising a little bit more. If me and AJ keep on and off doing these Wednesday streams, we'll start letting people know. Uh, we'll see, obviously, what I'm doing this week. But I think that feels like something we might start doing on and off. Just cause it seems like we were. But nothing set in the stone there. AJ, anything else for the people? Mm, not that I can think of. Nice. Stay frosty, everyone. Stay frosty. This episode is partially brought to you by the Humble Choice Program. Did you know Humble Bundle has a great monthly subscription service that lets you get a ton of video games every single month? That's right. From plans range from $5 to 20 bucks a month, you get a hold of a bunch of free games they have available to you. And you can use our code down in the description below to go and sign up. It would help our podcast and help you see what great games are available for you this month. This podcast was a production of The SWW Show. To learn more, go to theswwshow.com. Remember, you can follow the show on Twitter at The SWW Show. You can follow me at Mikey underscore Maroney. You can follow AJ at Lossiebor. Remember, new episodes premiere on Friday 9 a.m. Central Time on anchor.fm slash SWW and podcast services around the globe.